Welcome into another edition of the All Things Bama podcast powered by BamaCentral.com, your Sports Illustrated and Fan Nation home for all Alabama Crimson Tide news and information. I'm your host, Tyler Martin, and joined for the weekend edition of the show with me is Andy Hodges of All Hogs on Sports Illustrated, where he covers all things Arkansas Razorbacks. Andy, glad to have you on here today and getting ready uh, for a big game in the SEC West this weekend between the Hogs and the Crimson Tide. Oh, thank you. This is a hard game for me to uh, take sides in because Alabama growing up was so much a part of my growing up, uh, the Crimson Tide and keeping up with them. And that was in a pretty good time for the Crimson Tide when they were big before in the 50s and 60s. Yeah, and I kind of want you to get into that, Andy, because you, because before this, you know, you told me you had a million stories about Paul Bear Bryant. Uh, so before we kind of get into maybe you know, <laughs> this year's version of the Hogs and Crimson Tide, tell me about kind of your connection, because uh, you, because you met Bear Bryant when you were pretty little, from from what I understand. Yes, uh, I'm from Southeast Arkansas. I'm from Warren, Arkansas, and. In case you're wondering, Warren is in southeast Arkansas, about 20 miles from Fordyce. And in case anybody's wondering, Warren is where we grow tomatoes, pine trees, and wide receivers. That's where Traylon (laughs) Burks is from and several others. So, I mean, that's kind of what we do. But come to find out, Coach Bryant had recruited my father. When my father came out of the Marine Corps after World War II, Coach Bryant was coaching at Vanderbilt, and my dad went back, came out of eight years in the Marine Corps. Imagine the age. Eight years in the Marine Corps. He was a junior in high school. He was six foot four, weighed 225 pounds, and was a running back. And Coach Bryant tried to recruit him to Vanderbilt because Coach Bryant from Fordyce and my dad was playing football at Ryzen, Arkansas, which is about eight miles from Fordyce. So it, it was all in the same connection. And a lot of Coach Bryant's friends were in my hometown of Warren. So when he would come back to Fordyce, he would come over to Warren and hang out with his friends from back in the day. And in the little town of Warren, one of the places that the guys, men hung out was the back of Wayne's pool hall. Well, we were kid. Warren was one of those counts, towns where the kids basically ran wild after about four years of age. We just went all over town because we assumed every adult had the right to just snatch us up and tear our back ends up mm-hmm. if we acted up. Well, I'm in there one day sitting on the chairs learning how to cuss and chew tobacco and things like that that we would get from the old guys. And Coach Bryant looked over at me and he goes, you're Steve's boy, right? I said, yes, sir. I'm, I'm five years old now. Get this picture. He says, come here. I go over there. He says, you know where you can buy cigarettes? I said, yes, sir. He pulls out a pack of Chesterfields and he says, can you go get me a pack of these? I said, yes, sir, but I only got about a quarter on me. 
<laughs> and, uh, he, he raced his pocket, handed me a dollar bill, and said, can you go get those for me? I said, yes, sir. And uh, I took uh, off and ran to the convenience store, got him a pack of Chesterfields, came back and handed him the Chesterfields and the change. He said, no, I'll keep you that, get you a Coca-Cola with that. Uh, that's well, awesome. that, that started it. So me being in the media and playing sports and being somewhat recruited as a football player, uh, I stayed in contact with Coach Bryant through the years up until his death. Uh, but I mean, oh yeah, there was something that when those guys would get back there, they would be playing pool, playing dominoes, playing cards. There was some adult beverages consumed, <laughs> a lot of smoking and a lot of off color language. So, and, and here we are five-year-old kids. We're just hanging out back there. And in case anybody's wondering in the early 1960s, they did not ask any questions when you went to buy tobacco at the store. Yes. If you could breathe and had the money, here you go. <laughs> so no, it's it's not like it's not like that now. And and what a story. That is that's that's that, that sounds awesome, Andy. That uh that sounds like a moment I wish I could have seen um and, and been a part of, no doubt about it. I'm sure I'm sure you've got a lot more. I'm sure we could do an entire podcast. On, oh, uh, on just we could do a week's worth. We could do a week's worth. Trust me. Some of them I can't tell, even on a podcast. Even though Coach Bryant's been dead now for nearly forty years, <laughs> I'm still not telling them on a podcast. Oh, I I don't blame you. I, I don't blame you at all. Um, but no, that that's really cool. So you've so you've got a connection to Alabama. So you've seen kind of you've seen obviously the rise with Alabama when, when coach Bryant was there. And then you've obviously seen what they've done with Nick Saban over the last half uh, decade and a half. Um, let's, let's now fast forward on to 2021 where Arkansas, you know, coming into this game, seven and three, Alabama sitting nine and one. Um, it's a game where Alabama, you know, has got to win one of its last two to win the sec West. And they've got a tough Razorback team who's kind of had a season of, of some, of a lot of ups. And there was that three week stretch where, you know, or they lost three games in a row to Georgia, Ole Miss and Auburn, um, kind of going into this week. What's the feel around Fayetteville? What's, you know, Sam Pittman's program. He's, he's got them in the, in a great direction, despite an awful, awfully tough schedule. I mean, that schedule every year, I look at that and I just think, that Arkansas job's got to be one of the top five most difficult jobs in America, just given the schedule and where where they're located at too geographically, recruiting wise, it ma it makes it difficult. Uh, but kind of what's the temperature coming off of an LSU uh, game uh, win against LSU last week going into Tuscaloosa? I don't think you could find twenty people that are not in what I call the lunatic fringe of the Hog Nation. I mean, we, and I call them the lunatic fringe because they have no deductive reasoning. They do not look at anything other than through cardinal red glasses. And everybody else, nobody thinks Arkansas can win this game. And to be honest, no, uh, Alabama's going to have to help them win the game. Can Arkansas be competitive? Yes, they can be competitive. But to win the game, they're going to have to have some breaks go their way. They're going to have to have Alabama just have a really off bad night. And, and don't start comparing doing this 
score comparison. Well, Texas A&M beat Alabama, et cetera, et cetera, and drawing all those parallels. Uh, One of the things Coach Bryant said one time, I remember I I was in high school. This was when Alabama and Notre Dame were playing in the Sugar Bowl down in New Orleans, and we had run across him. He was having a conversation with some media people. He said, different week, different team. Mm. He said, you're talking about 18 to 21-year-old kids. He said, you don't know what you're getting week to week sometimes. Well, unless something like that happens for Arkansas, Arkansas really doesn't have a chance to win this game, in my opinion. But Alabama lost to Texas A&M. Arkansas beat Texas A&M. Arkansas caught Texas A&M at the perfect time. Arkansas caught them when the Aggies were still trying to figure out what to do with a quarterback who hadn't taken a snap till the week before the the, uh, Arkansas game against Colorado. They were trying to break him in, trying to figure it out. Arkansas was a little bit uh, ahead of some teams early in the year simply because Barry Odom's defense of players – coming from all these little X's and O's that he's able to do, that works in September. By the time you get to November, everybody's got enough film on you, they figured you out by now. And then it comes down to players who's got the Jimmys and Joes, not the best X's and O's. And mm-hmm. when it comes down to that, you know, there are very few teams in the country on the caliber of Alabama but can't I think the key for Arkansas is can they play well and still be in the game into the second quarter? That would be progress. It's been 2014, really, since Arkansas has been in a game with Alabama after the second quarter. Yeah. 2014 was the missed extra point game for Arkansas, right? Right. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. No, and and you even look before that, you know, uh, the Ryan Mallett years. Um, there were some competitive games even before 2014. You know, uh, there were some competitive games in there. And and I told I told people this earlier this week. You know, when you go look at the 2020 Alabama team, when they played when they played went to Fayetteville for the last week of the regular season, and, and the score did not indicate it, but that game was closer than what the score indicated. And what I mean by that is, you know, and. and for example, Barry Odom's game plan and scheme for Mac Jones was was arguably the best for any any team had for him all year. Because Alabama, I mean, outside of Arkansas fumbling the football and, and shooting itself in the foot, and Alabama dominating the run game, I mean, Arkansas could have been in that game because of how they had how they rushed three drop eight right, and that was for me. That's going to be a, a, a big a big deal in this game is how do they defend Bryce Young? Because Bryce Young has come on strong the last month or so with his legs. Um, I'm interested to see how Barry Odom uh, defends a, a quarterback with a completely different skill set than what they did with Mac Jones last year. I think it's going to be not pressuring him to run, just kind of maintaining a presence. I don't know if you've ever seen this, but this was the whole purpose of the of Tom Landry's flex defense with the Dallas Cowboys they had back in the 60s. It was react, get pressure on the quarterback, but not enough to make him scramble, you know, be be stop the run game first. That's what Arkansas is going to try to do first because 
let's face it, Alabama, if they could turn around and hand the ball off and run it, they probably would all night. I mean, I know they've got a great passing game and everything else, but let's face it, if you can turn around and hand the ball off, why throw it? But try to keep Bryce Young in the pocket. Try to keep him from taking off downfield. Try to keep him from wanting to run downfield. Make him throw it. See if you can drop enough people back to stay with those wide receivers. And Alabama's got a core of wide receivers that are as good as anybody in the country. Arkansas is going to have to come up with a way to get pressure but not make him take off and find the running lanes. One of the things that I've seen in watching film on Bryce Young, he's very good at finding the open running lane. You understand what I'm saying? He can find it and get away from people and either throw on the run or open it up and go downfield. Well, Arkansas doesn't want him doing that because that's going to, that's going to attack a vulnerability in the Arkansas defense, which is they have linebackers who are very smart. They're very good. They're probably not the most athletic linebackers that you will see in the SEC. But they're smart, and they know how to play their position and fulfill their responsibility. And Barry Odom's done a great job of coming up with a game plan every game that takes advantage of that intelligence and minimizes the fact that they're not great sideline-to-sideline athletes. So – that's what they want to do is keep Bryce Young where he has to throw the ball. But that's assuming Arkansas can stop the run game because sometimes they just run it on Arkansas uh, almost at will. So, yeah, it's just one of the chess matches that's going to be going on in this thing. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. And, look, the last – I mean, the last album opponent they played with a pulse was LSU three weeks ago, and they, they finished the night with six rushing yards. And, you know, they played New Mexico State last week, and, and it was it was a tune-up for these last two two weeks of the regular season and then on to Georgia potentially. But uh, the offensive line has been shuffled due to injury. Um, where I think Arkansas can, can kind of create an advantage for itself is in the front seven, right? If Alabama's offensive line is still not 100%, which is not expected to be, um, Arkansas's front seven can create some havoc. And Alabama, too, you know, they're down to two healthy running backs. You know, they start the season with four. They're down to two right now. Um, and, and Brian Robinson is a guy who, who can carry a load like that, but they're going to ask a lot of Trey Sanders, who is now, you know, a, a full calendar year removed from a, from a bad car accident where he hurt his, where he hurt his hip. Uh, so this is, a, this is a very, very, very interesting part of the game to me is, is how, can Alabama run the football? Can, can Arkansas get pressure? Uh, who wins that battle? On the flip side, Andy, uh, Alabama's defense, they've been playing better of late ever since really the second half of the A&M game. I think they've come on strong outside of a couple defensive breakdowns against Tennessee. I, I, I'm the, the thing for me is I want to see if they can neutralize Traylon Burks. I, I think he's either 1A or 1B best receiver in the SEC, and him not being a Blitnikoff uh, a semifinalist was a little confusing to me. Well, yeah, I just don't think he's gotten the publicity that he should have. And this this is one of the guys from my hometown. I've known Traylon. I've known his entire family. Uh, I've known Traylon since he was in the fourth grade. Uh, yeah, he's probably 
second best receiver in the country. He's certainly in the conversation for the best. He's got some physical skills that you just can't. Uh, you can't develop. I, he's got the largest hands outside of a couple of seven-foot people uh, that I've shaken hands with. My hand just disappears in hits. His <laughs> hands are enormous. Uh, Nike can't even make gloves big enough to fit him. They don't have gloves that big. And uh, Arkansas has got to figure out a way to get trailing the ball in space and quit expecting him to make miracles when you throw these things. They're not going to be able to throw these little flat patterns and hit trailing out there in space. Because Alabama's got too much speed at the linebacker position. They've got too much defensive speed all the way through the lineup on defense, and they can't take advantage. They're not going to let Arkansas get him out there and break it. Uh, it, It's going to be – and we talked about this with Traylon on Tuesday. He's getting triple covered. Teams are saying – we're not going to let Traylon Burks beat us. We Anybody else you got back there, okay, go ahead and give it a shot. But he's not beating us, which has opened the run game for K.J. Jefferson because he's done what we were talking about Bryce Young doing, which was getting away on the scramble and getting downfield. You know, part of the problem with that six yards rushing against LSU that Alabama had was the sack yardage. Yeah. If if the NCAA would somehow develop a brain, which I don't know is ever going to happen at this point in time, sack yardage should be attributed off the passing yardage, not the rushing yardage. Arkansas, what K.J. Jefferson can do is avoid those sacks or minimize them at the very least and get downfield Let's face it, a one-yard gain is better than an eight-yard loss every time. I mean, I I went to Southeast Arkansas Public School, but if you can get one yard, it's better than losing eight Yeah, on a sack. So that's what K.J. Jefferson has been good at doing. Uh, Arkansas is going to try to run the ball on Alabama. They're not going to try to run sideline to sideline. They're going to run it straight up the middle. How that works out, to me, is going to be the tone setter for what Arkansas is able to do offensively. Because if they can't run the ball up the middle on Alabama and get any sort of success at all, it's going to be a long day because Alabama's secondary can cover man up and cover everybody with maybe the exception of Traylon Burks might win some of those one-on-one matchups. But I'm not sure Arkansas can win a lot of one-on-one matchups with the other wide receivers. Yeah. Yeah, and and two, I think also what kind of helps Arkansas is that they've already faced an environment like this earlier in the year going to Georgia, right? I mean, uh, going into that game, the hype was huge, you know, AP top 10 matchup. Uh, it was a big deal, and obviously Georgia dominated that game. But but again, that that you know raucous environment 
helps helped Arkansas now coming into this game where I think you know last last home game of the year for Alabama. I think Brian Denny's going to be packed. I think it's going to be an electric atmosphere. But that does help Arkansas to some extent. And again, uh, to me, you know, it, it, Alabama's offensive line is is going to be the difference in this game. Um, depends on you know what the, what the status is and and how much shifting around it is. And then too, you know. We've seen it time and time again, Andy. You know, quarterbacks just out of nowhere just have the best days of their life. We saw it with Zach Calzada. <laughs> we, saw, we saw it with Zach Calzada and AM earlier this year. We've seen it with some, with some quarterbacks in the past, you know, a la Steven Garcia from South Carolina. Um, and, and KJ Jefferson's a little different of a quarterback. You, you spoke to his skill set uh, just 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 briefly, um, but you know he's a guy who who can who can who can run, uh, and he's got a big arm too. So uh, I'm interested to see how he does against this Alabama defense as well. Here's the thing that quarterbacks have to do against Alabama: have success because, and and now I've never been there and watched this, but this is what I'm guessing based on what I've seen. If a quarterback has really good head movement and can look off secondary people, you can create some scenes with Alabama because a lot of those secondary guys are coached and they jump the, try to jump the routes. They try to follow the quarterback's head movement because at the college level, most quarterbacks will telegraph to a certain extent where they're going to throw the ball by the motion of their head and where they are. Well, if you can't look them off, so to speak, or look to the right and throw to the left, you're not going to have a lot of success against Alabama's secondary. Well, Calzada, that's one of the few things he was doing well, even against Arkansas. He was looking, he was looking the secondary off. And that's, that's really – it's hard to do. I can tell you from – doing it it's hard to do and especially nowadays uh with the the shields that these quarterbacks wear and stuff you can get a glare that you know it's just it's it's hard to look people off like you used to be able to used to you could do it with your eyes and glance over but now they can't see your eyes so you've got to do it with a exaggerated head movement uh but alabama tends to go for those you know, that, that was the problem, that and his legs, with Jenny, Johnny Manziel. Johnny mm-hmm. Manziel was not a technically very good traditional drop-back quarterback. What he did have the ability to do, and a lot of it was simply because he didn't have the discipline to go through the proper reads, he would look the secondary off and have the secondary going the wrong way. Well, Manziel wasn't trying to do that necessarily. That's just the way he played. He would he would just catch a flash of color out of the corner of his eye, and that's where he's throwing the ball. And the same thing. So it, it's it's going to be interesting to see how Arkansas attacks Alabama's defense. I think they're going to have to establish the running game. Arkansas has the exact opposite situation at running back that Alabama has. Arkansas is going to have three running backs maybe four, that are primed and ready to go. There, I, uh, There's a running back named A.J. Green that we don't know if he's going to be good to go, but Dominic Johnson will be the starter. Uh, you're going to have Traylon Smith, who was the starter at the beginning of the season, and Dominic 
has taken his place. And then you're going to have Raheem Rocket Sanders that's going to be coming off the bench. So if you've got all four of those guys, Arkansas is just going to run those guys in waves and try to make yardage. It's going to be – you said it's going to be the Alabama offensive line. I think the key is going to be Alabama's defensive line. Can they stop Arkansas's running game? Because if they do, Arkansas is going to have a problem. Yes, uh, another great point, and that's been that's been an area of weakness for Alabama this season. Um, not not creating enough havoc outside of Will Anderson. Will Anderson on the edge is is arguably the best player in college football uh, with twelve and a half sacks and leads the SEC in tackles for loss. And that's just and he's just a scary individual. Andy, Alabama right now, the number is sitting at uh, 20 and a half with the over under at 58 and a half. Uh, you know, who do you have against the spread this week? <laughs> if I was again, oh man, college football is so hard to handicap these days. It's it very really hard. Is. Uh, here, here's my point on Alabama until somebody shows me that they can beat Alabama or beat the spread against Alabama consistently. I take Alabama and lay the points, whatever it is. Because I, I it doesn't happen very often. And it's got to happen more often for me to buy into telling people to take the underdog. I don't know. You tell me if Alabama's going to make enough mistakes to give Arkansas a chance because Sam Pittman and this team has talked all week. They believe they can go down to Tuscaloosa and win. Well, I mean, I, I believe I could go fly a jet airplane too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I believe I, I, believe I could. Till I got in the cockpit, and then I would look and go, "Oh my God, what do I hit? This this hadn't got a key and a, a a console that I can just throw and drive and go." Well, was it Mike Tyson that said everybody's got a plan till they get hit in the mouth? Yeah. And the problem that Arkansas has had since two thousand and eight with Alabama, and Bobby Petrino admitted. In 2009, he didn't believe Arkansas could win when they went down there. That's the same problem Arkansas has every time they've gone to Tuscaloosa since 2008. They don't, they don't really, in their gut, believe that they're going to go down to Tuscaloosa and win the game. And part of winning football games, I've heard many coaches say this, you have to see it to believe it. And you have to feel it in your gut that you can go down there and win the game. I'm not sure Arkansas's players truly believe that, that if they go down to Tuscaloosa and play the best that they can play, that that's still not good enough to beat Alabama. Now, to be fair, I agree with them. If they play the best that they can play, Alabama's still going to have to help them. Alabama's going to have to turn the ball over. Alabama's going to have to uh, jump off sides. Don't forget now, Arkansas is one of the most penalized teams in college football. Mm -hmm. And most of it is 
dumb stuff from jumping off sides, doing this, doing one thing, doing another, lining up in the wrong position, you know, a wide receiver thinks he's got somebody covered up, so they back off, and next thing you know, they ain't got enough players on the line of scrimmage. You got four wide receivers out there, and everybody's looking at each other going, how did that happen? You know, it's it's they've got to avoid the mental mistakes, but Alabama's going to have to help them. Alabama's going to have to turn the ball over. Bryce Young's going to have to throw some interceptions. And they're going to have to do kind of what they did to Matt Corral in 2020 and make him throw it. Well, didn't make him. They confused him to the point they threw six interceptions in the game. And remember in that game, Ole Miss and Arkansas in 2020, Ole Miss was still throwing into the end zone for a chance to win the game at the end of the game. Yeah. So, uh, but Alabama's going to have to help them. Arkansas is going to have to get some breaks. I'm not sure anybody, like I say, outside of the lunatic fringe in Arkansas, actually thinks Arkansas can win this game. But Sam Pittman says he believes. Okay, we've heard that before. I haven't heard a coach. I haven't heard a coach stand up and say, well, we're going down to Alabama and get kick sideways. I mean, I don't even think New Mexico State's coach said that. No, no. You know, I mean, we're 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 going down there to win. That's just what football coaches say. Do yeah. they believe it? I don't know. Only coach I've ever heard that even remotely got blown up on that when Forrest Gregg was coaching SMU when they came back in off the death penalty. Forrest Gregg asked the team, is there Anybody here that doesn't think we can beat Notre Dame in South Bend? Well, almost the whole team raised their hand. Didn't anybody believe they could beat Notre Dame in South Bend that year? Yeah. Uh, and, and I don't think you could get anybody to raise their hand in the locker room now, but you wonder, Arkansas has not beaten Alabama in 14 years. They have had, really? Two legitimate chances. Two. 2010 and 2014. Outside of that. Yeah, outside of that, Arkansas has not had any chance. Now, okay, to a lot of people, whether they will admit it or not, if Arkansas can stay within two touchdowns of Alabama, Arkansas counted as a win. And don't forget, Arkansas still counts a national championship where the trophy is sitting in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Yeah. That's that's nineteen sixty four. Yeah, that that's a good point <laughs> as well. Yeah. No, that's a that's a great point as well, Andy. You know, I, I think this is a good spot for Alabama here. And last night in Saban's midweek press conference, right, he was he was fired up talking about how this team in practice week had, had the case of the poor me's. You know, he was he was very frustrated. And when Saban's like that in the middle of the week, uh, there's going to be a response, I think, on Saturday. And I think this is a great bounce back spot for Alabama, uh, especially if it's going to be under three touchdowns. It could move up to 21, 21 and a half by kickoff, but especially if you're getting Alabama under three touchdowns. And I like the over two in this game, 58 and a half. I think, I think Arkansas will score some points as well to help out the over. But, but I do think Alabama uh, covers this game as well. Um, but two, you know, lastly, Andy, 
say Arkansas ends up losing this game. Uh, they beat Missouri next week. I mean, who would have thought that that Arkansas w- would have eight and four on their on in their win loss <laughs> record when looking at that schedule at the end of the day, though? I didn't. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what this team was going to do. I refused to make preseason predictions. I said I have no idea what this team is going to do this year. It depends on where their mind is. It depends on so many things. Now, I'm going to kind of break with the the topic there for a minute, Tyler. You want to know how Nick Saban can do what he does to a certain extent, to a big extent? He doesn't have to worry about the transfer portal like other coaches. No. Sam Pittman is paranoid about the transfer portal. I call it Pittman portal paranoia. (laughs) Nick Saban doesn't have to worry about that because he's like, okay, you're going to do it. Here are the rules. This is what we're going to do. Or leave. Bye. Trust me. I will get other players who will come in here and will want to win a national championship, will want to compete. Yeah. Uh, and that's what that's what I don't hear around Arkansas the last few years. I grew up listening to, you know, Coach Bryant talked about playing for the national championship every year. He took the SEC for granted that he was just going to win that. He just figured that was my acclamation. Arkansas used to figure, okay, we're going to be first or second in the old Southwest Conference every year. And how can we fit into the national championship picture? Arkansas hasn't mentioned playing for a national championship since 2011. Mm. And if you remember, they won 10 games. They won 11 games that year. They went into the last week of the season, number five in the country. Arkansas won 11 games and still finished third in the SEC West. Think about that for a yeah, minute. It's, it's <laughs> ridiculous. No, no, it's it's ridiculous when you think about just the SEC West in general over the last decade. Um, it, it's it's it is by far, and I know a lot of people want to say the Big Ten East with Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State, and Penn State. No, the SEC West year in year out. Um, it, it, and I, I, you know, I still think, you know, Arkansas, even if they go on, lose this game, beat Missouri, finish eight and four, they're they're likely, you know, at the end of the day, that I I don't know of. 20 other teams in the country that are better than them, to be honest with you. Yeah, this year, no, I don't either. I think we're starting to see a massive sea change in the world of college football, and there's a combination of issues. You've got the transfer portal. You've got the where, where they can just say, okay, I don't like the playing time I'm getting. I can transfer somewhere else. Arkansas lost a starting wide receiver to Oklahoma because he thought he could go to Oklahoma and improve his chances for the NFL draft. Well, it's created a gigantic hole for Arkansas because they don't have anybody opposite Traylon Burks now. They don't have a true threat that's consistent. You have all of this roster issues with COVID and the things where you can count this many. Sam Pittman was talking about all these guys that are seniors that he's trying to talk to come back. And I'm like, oh, wait, what? Hmm. How, how, you know, I thought you could last year. Yeah. 
I thought they got a bonus year, but I didn't know you could get another bonus year. Yeah, no, it's it, it, and that's what's so crazy, everybody. It's going to happen in recruiting as well with you know with the numbers and how many how many players teams take um, in their class because you've got to hold off scholarships now for guys coming out of the portal and and you, you and everybody now gets that year of extra eligibility because if they played in twenty twenty, everybody gets an extra year. So it is wild, it is wacky. Um, but Alabama is set to face Arkansas inside Bryant Denny Stadium at two thirty on CBS on Saturday. Andy, before we let you go, uh, okay. I want I do want to say this. We will have you back on again during basketball season to hear to hear more of your stories. You provide a lot of great insight. <laughs> and no, seriously. You really uh, hey, hey Tyler, the, the beauty of that is the only way you get to do that is be old. Huh. And and the reason I say during basketball season is because there is a budding rivalry now between the Razorbacks and the Crimson Tide, Eric Musselman and Nate Oates. Yes. Yes, uh, Arkansas, I think Eric Musselman pays attention to Alabama right now uh, as much as he does Kentucky because I think for Arkansas right now, Kentucky and Alabama are the two big teams that they have to worry about. But let's face it, college basketball, the NCAA tournament is so big. All you got to do is get into the tournament and be playing your best by the time March rolls around. And you have a shot. I mean, Arkansas made the Elite Eight last year simply because it's like Musselman said the other night. You don't want to be playing your best basketball in November. Yeah. If you are, you got a problem. So, yeah, I mean, I'm here. I will still be doing Sports Illustrated site. Yeah, where – tell us real quick before we let you go, where can everybody find your work, uh, social media, all of that jazz? Okay, allhogs.com is the website. Now, uh, let's see, it's All Hogs on Facebook. Uh, I probably do less social media than any person you know. I have a Twitter account that I don't know that I've ever looked at. Uh, I have people that manage that stuff and post our stories. I think it's Andy H. Sports uh, on Twitter. And Facebook is all hogs uh, on Facebook, and that's H O G S. Uh, but I'm not. I'm not one of these social. Hey, I'm an old guy, Tyler. I don't. You know, social media. What's that? I'm kind of like Nick Saban. I don't even mess with social media. <laughs> I mean, I've got look, man. I've got four ex wives, five kids, and four grandkids. That I know people that will call me an idiot without me getting online. And having to rate them about them calling me that. So no, I, I if I didn't have to be on social media, I wouldn't. So I do not blame you at all. But that's you know I'm I'm probably a social media misfit. But that's part of it's the age. Part of it is I just don't really care to see some of the stuff that's on there. I mean, I, I hear the kids talking about it, and apparently it's gotten really political, <laughs> yes, and personal, and some other stuff and. I mean, I don't watch. I can, I can watch. I can put CNN on one channel and Fox News on another if I wanted to watch that and watch them simultaneously. It, I, it, exactly. Know. But now you can do it on your phone on Twitter. And, uh, and I, I just wish it was only back to sports. But anyway, that's Andy Hodges, all sport, all hogs.com editor, uh, 
Razor, Arkansas Razorback coverage all over Sports Illustrated. Thanks again, Andy, uh, for your insight and, and just your, your coverage and what you're doing in Fayetteville. All right, thank you, guys. Have fun down in uh, Tuscaloosa this weekend. We'll see if the Razorbacks can provide a challenge for you. Anytime you need me, call me. Awesome. Well, that's Andy Hodges. I'm Tyler Martin. This has been another edition of the All Things Bama podcast. Thank you again for listening, and make sure to like, rate, and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Have a great weekend. Thank you.